All right, it is. We have a special guest speaker here today. He's a guest speaker from out of town. Uh, I had uh, a little bit of a medical emergency, so I was admitted into the ER this past week. So I was in the hospital for a total of three nights this past week. Uh, so I was a little bit out of it. So I was not able to start my sermon series that I intended to start today. Uh, so that's going to get postponed. Uh, so today uh, we, got, um, we got a very special guest speaker who happened to be in town speaking at the New Philly Itaewon Leadership Retreat. And so we said, well, if he's in town anyway, uh, and Itaewon's already paid for his uh, travel expenses, why don't we get, take advantage of this guest speaker and invite him to speak here at New Philly Hongdae. Actually, today's service is going to be broadcast to all of our church campuses. Uh, so this man, just as a quick biography, he uh, was born in Korea, but he was raised in L.A., and while he was in L.A., he got involved with some bad people, got involved with some, uh, some uh, substances that you shouldn't be messing with. And then he uh, went on a high-speed chase, televised with helicopters and canine units. Uh, he took the police on a high-speed chase, crashed his car, uh, ran on foot, hid in a dumpster, uh, but, you know, them canine units, you can't trick them dogs, all right? They will sniff you out. Uh, he got caught uh, with some drug possession, went to jail, uh, and was in jail for uh, quite, a, quite a bit. Uh, and then eventually he got kicked out of America and deported here to Korea, escorted by a U.S. Air Marshal. And uh, he came to Korea depressed and defeated, uh, feeling like his life was completely over, uh, never able to return back to L.A., at least that's what they said. And uh, that's the state he was in when he first came to this church and started worshiping with us here. Uh, it was a, a bit of a long process, but as people continued to love on him and reach out to him, uh, the Word of God started to really uh, kind of reawaken his heart. And then he got blasted by the fire of the Holy Spirit. And from there on, the rest, they say, is history. Uh, as he went on to rise up as a powerful, mighty leader here at New Philly. He's one of the elders of the church as one of our core leaders. Uh, and in 2012, uh, he was sent down to the city of Busan uh, to do our second New Philly church plant. And he and his wife, uh, Pastor Mina and Pastor Caleb, they've been doing an amazing job since 2012 of raising up a powerful, dynamic covenant community uh, down in the city of Pusan. They have about 55, 60 people gathering for worship each week. And today we have the privilege of having Pastor Caleb Lee come and speak for us here at New Philly Hongdae for the very first time. Let's put our hands together. Let's welcome up Pastor Caleb. Is it warm water? Okay. I'm sorry. I don't even know you are. I just offended you. All right. Well, it's an honor to be here. 
Now, I see a lot of uh, faces that I know, many faces that I don't, and it's a blessing to be a part of you, to be with you today. As I sat down right there by Pastor Christian, he like whispered in my ear, he's like, this is being broadcasted to all the campuses, so make sure you keep your sermons at about 45, 50 minutes. And I was like, man, you keep your sermons to 45, 50 minutes. All right? That's, that's, like, that's like me telling Brother Roy to keep it down. Right? It's, I like laughed inside. I was like, oh, okay. But I, I'm going to do my best. Um, no, when when, uh, Pastor, when uh, so on Friday, I was ready. I had to work all day Friday. And then uh, I got off work at 5, a little early. And I had to catch a flight. To come and to preach at the the Itaewon, um, which there's a whole story in that where the flight was delayed and I had to run like like close to two miles holding luggage, <laughs> try to get on the subway. My legs are still sore, but uh, well, that was an ordeal in itself. But Friday afternoon, um, I got a, like I was you know we were, PC was keeping in touch with us about his medical condition. Now at one point he was like, oh I'm gonna get admitted, and in, in my spirit I felt the Lord say, you're gonna preach in Seoul, and I was like. I was like, oh, but like, I had to preach an E-Tail one, guy. And then, like, and then I, wasn't, I wasn't, like, fully prepared either. I had to, like, get a lot of stuff that I was going to prepare on the plane and all this stuff. And I was like, but then right when, and then right after that, I remember it was Halloween. And I was, like, you know, playing with my kids, you know, taking pictures with them and all this stuff. I, I teach at a preschool. And then uh, right when I sat down, Pastor Aaron uh, Google chatted me. He's like, she's like, hi, Caleb. And I was like, oh, no, I know exactly what she's going to say. <laughs> I knew exactly, and she's like, oh, how are you doing? Are you in Seoul yet? And I was like, no, I fly out tonight. And then she asked me, and then I remember in my spirit, I said, I, I, like, I, was like, I was like, yeah. Now, why wouldn't I take this opportunity, you know, to let two continents, three cities, five campuses, take a look at all of this, you know what I mean? I said, man, I said, shoot, of course. Of course, I'm gonna preach. And right then, when I said yes, God put a word in my heart, and I and I, and I had my ups and downs. Yesterday, I had a nervous breakdown. I was like, "Oh, what am I gonna do, Lord?" I was, I was talking to Mina, and she was like, she was preparing for a seminar. I was like, "Oh, Mina, I don't know if I can do this. You gotta help me." And then the Lord just really put peace in my heart and said, "Man, you're preaching on the anointing today. Now walk out in your anointing." And I said, "Oh, thank you, God." And I remember, and from that moment, I just felt a lot of peace. But before I go on, I just want to say a shout out to my crew in the boo. Where the camera at? All right. We miss you guys. I miss you. I hope you guys had a, a blessed Sunday swim and, a, and a, an amazing service today. And, a, and I just want to thank everybody there that's taking and bearing the weight of us being gone. There's a, mighty leaders in Busan that we really trust. For us to just, you know, have to, have to leave and for us to not have any kind of, like, anxiety about it. I'm really honored by the leadership in our, in our campus in Busan. I'm really, you know, really uh, rising up and rolling with the punches. Um, we're really blessed by you guys. We love you guys. And we want to say hi to uh, Shilim, the Shilim campus, and, uh, and to Sydney. You know, Sydney, you know, Diddy. I love you, man. I really do. And I'm really proud of you. you know, and Diddy is, is one of my best friends. And, you know, we, through the years, we've been apart 
Man, I feel like I, it's like like we've been apart for so long, but you know, I still you know he's still my boy. You know, I love what you know. And Pastor Paul and Jamie and Sydney, you guys are doing an amazing job. And uh, Paul, we gotta meet for accountability. So set that up. <laughs> I forgot this past month. I just want to be honest with the Lord. Um, and uh, and I cannot forget about Itaewon. Itaewon, that man, God. I'm going to preach today a little bit of what I preached at Itaewon. And I'm going to continue on because God really put me on a progression with this. And Itaewon really, like God really spoke a prophetic word over me about Itaewon. They're the first sons. They're the first sons to stand on their own. They're the first ones to go out in the anointing and to really stand on their own. They're the first sons. And, And there's a reason I believe that God has placed their leadership retreat first. It's because God's telling the sons, it's time for you guys to stand up and take your place. I believe that Itaewon is a prophetic sign of what's going to happen to all the campuses, to our church. There's an increase that's coming, and they're the first. They were the first to go, and now they're the first to step up. And it was powerful. I'm going to tell you a little bit about what happened later on, but Itaewon was amazing. The leadership retreat, and it wasn't because it wasn't I'm me. Like, oh, Caleb, I'm so good. You know? No, it's because God had them ready. And God had prepared them. You know, and I, I believe that it was a divine when Pastor, Pastor J.M. and Pastor Sky had to plant Shalim. I think it's a divine sign of them. As they, as they had sent them off, God's really radically transforming this community to really take their place. It was fire. And it was anointing. And it was powerful. There's going to be pictures that come out. Y'all going to look. It's like, man, they went buck wild. But it was, it was an amazing time. Um, today, you know, I want to tell you a little bit about the progression that God has put me on. You know, about a month ago, I preached a sermon in Puzan. It's about the heart. It's about really about, about guarding our heart with all vigilance. And uh, after I preached the sermon, um, Jin, where you at, Jin? Yeah, Jin, he's our tech team. Man, get out of there. He's, a, he's our tech team leader. And then he came up to me and said, Pastor, he looks so depressed. So, Pastor Caleb, I'm, I'm really sorry, but something happened with the recording, and we weren't able to catch it. Like, the recording I got is just really horrible. It's like, you can barely hear your voice. And I listened to it, and I was like, man, it's really horrible. I really can barely hear my voice. And we sent it to John Westfall. He couldn't do anything about it. And so we couldn't put it up. But, you know, I'm a man of grace, because at one point, I was a tech team leader as well. And I remember I had those days, too, where I would mess up on a podcast, and I have to make the walk of shame from the media booth. And then come all the way to the front. And I have to tell this man. And back then, I mean, he, didn't, he didn't have a baby coming. I mean, he didn't like, he, I mean, he was, he, you know, he was like, quit dropping the ball like that, Caleb. Come on, why you got to drop the ball? And I remember it was, I just, like, every time I had to, and I used to mess up a lot. They'd be like, uh, I missed half the sermon. My bad. Or the first... <laughs> The, the first ten sermons, first ten minutes is gone. I'm sorry, man. You're not gonna get that back. Maybe you can make a my iPod recording or something and put it in. But I remember I I, I had to come up and I, and I, I phrased I, I showed him a lot of grace. I said, No, Jane, it's all right. Don't be so hard on yourself. You know, you know. I remember, man. You guys have John Westfall, but before John Westfall was me. I mean, he was my protege. And I, he's become the master. And he's really doing a fine job, you know, but there's a reason why he's still the tech team leader. <laughs> I remember, and when that happened, God really gave me a clear sign. He's like, you're not done with this message. 
Because I felt like I wasn't done with this message. And there was a reason why it wasn't recorded. I was like, man, he's like, you're not done with this message. And when Pastor Marcus asked me to preach right then, it was like, bam, you got to preach the sermon. It was about the heart. I, I encourage you guys to go listen to it. But it's, it's, it's about the fact that we are to guard our heart with all vigilance. Our, with, with all vigilance. The way that the Hebrew is, is like you guard your heart more than anything else that needs to be guarded. Because from it are the, are, are the springs of life. And when I was, you know, earlier in my Christian, I used to listen, I used to hear that. And like, oh, from your heart, like good things come out, you know. <laughs> but, but when you really read it, it's basically saying from your heart is, is the way your life flows. You know, and so like it can be, a, you know, it says out of the, out of the, the good in a man's heart, well, good will flow. But if, you know, fill that heart with evil, evil's going to flow. Jesus said that. Not in those words exactly. But it's like, like and so he's guard your heart. Because, you know, you never know. And it says in the Bible that all these crazy stuff, stuff can come out of your heart. Jealousy, murder, you know, like, you know, crazy, like, like things that you would have never imagined. Your heart has the capability to do that. And so Solomon to his son, he said, guard your heart with all vigilance. Because out of it is the, comes your life. And if you want that life to be meaningful, guard your heart. Guard your heart. More than anything else that you want, you are to guard, guard your heart. If you really love your kids, guard your heart. If you really love ministry, guard your heart. If you, lo- if you love, you know, like ministering to people, you know, guard your heart more than their heart. Because you want, you want to make sure that you're flowing out of the goodness of the Spirit of God that is within you. Spirit of God is seated on your heart. He, it says that He has deposited the Spirit into your heart. And the Spirit of God is in there, but there's a, there's a chasm between the Spirit and your heart. There is a place where your heart and your spirit meet. And, and you don't want that place, you don't want that contact between your heart and your spirit to, to grieve the spirit that's in you. So you guard your heart. You know, I, I talked about how you guard your heart from, from getting hard. And you know, one of the things that you really have to watch out for is your heart to get getting hard. And Jesus, in Mark 8, he says, you know, they're on a boat. And he tell one, I'm sorry, man, I'm preaching to you what I preach, but you know, take it again. Because there's, there's some better new stuff coming. But there's a part, a part in the Bible where Jesus and his disciples are on the boat. And Jesus is teaching. He's like, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And then right then, the apostles are like, man, we didn't bring any bread. Who got the bread? You got the bread? You got the bread? Right? No, nah, who got the bread? And they start talking about, man, we forgot bread. And Jesus rebukes him. He's like, how are you going to talk about you forgetting bread? Has your hearts been hardened? Like, do you have eyes and do you not see? Do you have ears and do you not hear? You know, do you not remember how I took a few pieces of bread and some fish and fed multitudes of people? Do you not remember that? And this is in the middle of the teaching. And he's like, God, he's telling us that when our hearts are hardened, there's, we can't hear from the Lord. We can't see Jesus. We don't remember the amazing things that he has done in our life when our heart starts to harden. And, 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 and the, 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 the rebuke that Jesus is giving them is like, stop thinking about yourself. Stop thinking about what you're going to eat. Because the, the more you think about yourself and the issues in your life and the problems in your life and my work and my this and all that I got to do, your heart's going to start getting a little hard. And you're going to start forgetting about the things that God has done in your life. Keep your heart from getting hard. Keep your heart from dividing. David, he says, Lord... Like, like, give me an undivided heart so that I can fear your name. 
And I remember in my life where I, I started like, like all for the God in high school. I was like, oh, I love you, God. I love you, God. I want to live my life. I want to go to Biola, Christian school, do all this stuff. And then I allowed my heart to divide. And I saw part of the world that, that, that enticed me. And then instead of going to God and say, God, this is tempting me and help me to really deal with it. I just said, I want to do both, God. And it started as a little bit, and it started to really kind of get bigger and bigger. And at one point, you can't have a divided heart for a long time because at one point, the other side is going to consume the other side. And that's what happened to me. Lust, debauchery, drugs, all that started to just really kind of take over my heart. So you have to really guard your heart from dividing. And you have to guard your heart from isolation. Don't think that you can be right with God but be wrong with people. It's because the minute that you're wrong with people, you can't have this tender heart towards God. Like, God, I love you. But then these people piss me off. <laughs> Can I say that? Piss me off? <laughs> you can't, you can't, you can't. That, that cannot be. God is, he gave us two commandments. Love God, love people. He didn't say love God and then love people when you can. He said love God, love people. It's A and B. A comes first. And then B comes next. But you have to do both. And so you can't keep your heart from isolation. You can't have all these walls up and have people think like, oh, you know, like they want to speak into your life. No, it's just me about me and God. Just, just, you know, keep your, we'll keep our relationship shallow. You know, but as long as my relationship is God is deep. But God is saying that can't be. It's like an oxymoron. Because the more you, deeper you want to go with God, he's saying, you know what? You got to go deeper with the people in your life. That was my first sermon. And we, we prayed. A lot of people with broken hearts. People were just coming and, and, and just getting healed of like issues in their heart. And I believe that this is a word that goes out to our, to our church. Because there's an increase coming. There's an increase coming. And there's the thing that God gave us. God gave us one heart. And it's supposed to last us. For eternity. Your heart, I mean, we have a physical heart. It's going to last you about 80 years. For some less, some more. But the, the spiritual heart, he gave us one. And it's supposed to last us to eternity. And the amazing thing about our heart is we, and we can beat it up, step on it, kick it. You know, try to mash it up. Get a knife and start punching. Da, 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 draw on it. Do whatever you want. But you take that heart back to God and he's going to make it new. There's, no, there's nothing you can do to your heart that's going to like, permanently damage it. It's like I have, a, I have a PS3 that's on the fritz. Every time I try to play PC I, or try to play somebody online, it, it just doesn't work. You know? And at, at one point, I'm just not going to be able to use it again. I have to get a new one. But it's not like that with your heart. If it doesn't work, take it to God. He'll fix it. Just take it to God. He's going to fix it for you. And from that place, God's wanting us to really... Manage our hearts because we're going somewhere. And if we're going to get there, our hearts have to be right. You guys understand that? Wherever we're going, wherever God has taken us, the fr- where is God to start is our heart. And, and, and the revelation that he gave us is he's bringing us to a place where we're coming from the inside out. It's like, you know, from the inside out. And in order for us to come from the inside out, we got to start from the core of us and say, it's got to be right there can't be anything on there that's going to keep us from being all for God. So we started with our heart. And the next thing I preached on last night was the anointing. The anointing. I talked about Joshua and how, you know, Joshua started out in Egypt. He was, he was 
He was born into slavery. And he was part of the Exodus. And he came out and he saw Moses part the, the Red Sea. And he saw Moses you know, bring down the plagues. And he saw Moses bring water out of rock. And he saw Moses you know, turn bitter water to sweet water. He saw Moses bring manna from, from the heavens. He saw Moses sitting in the tent of meetings. And it says in the Bible that God met him like a friend meets his friend. Like he met God, met Moses like a buddy. And then Joshua was there for that whole thing. He's like, man, I love this Moses. He's so close with God. And he saw how Moses was so intimate, so close, and how God used him so powerfully. And then Moses says, Joshua, now it's your turn. You got to take the range. I'm, I'm going to die soon. So now you're going to lead my people. And at that moment, Joshua has a crisis. Because he's like, God has to remind them. If you look through Deuteronomy and you look at First Joshua, God reminds them five times, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Joshua, come on, be strong and courageous. And he lists this amazing, and when you read the beginning of Joshua, he just pumps you up, man. If you read the first, like, like nine verses of Martin, no, not the first nine, like the first six, it's all about, man, Joshua, you're going to do this. Where are your feet going? Like, man, that's, you're everywhere you're foot, that's going to be your land. Now you throw your shoe and where it lands, I'm going to belong to you, man. God gives him such amazing promises. He's like, man, Joshua, it's so amazing what you're going to do. But he's like, be strong and courageous. Be strong. And he's like, have I not told you, Joshua? Be strong and courageous. Because Joshua had a moment of crisis. Because he saw Moses doing all these things. And God was doing all these things through Moses. But then when it comes for him to take over, he's like, man, what, what, what do I have to do? What do I have to do? Come on. Well, what can I do? Yeah, I got to leave. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? You guys understand that? And that's how we feel about the anointing. We feel like, oh, PC, anointed man of God. Pastor Aaron, anointed. You know, JM, oh, it's such anointing. But when it comes to you and it's time for you to minister, you're like, man, well, what do I do? And we have to realize that we are people of anointing. We, we qualify because the Holy Spirit is in us. There's no, there's no, there's no like a test that you have to take to get some anointing. You don't have to go to the, the, the anointing MB or DMV or whatever and then take a test. It's the Holy Spirit is in you. You have the anointing. It's for you. you. You just have to not disqualify yourself. You just have to not mess up and do some, some foolishness. Even if you mess up, there's grace. There's amazing grace. But you guys are people of anointing. And it's time that God wants you guys to own up and start walking in your anointing. The anointing is for you. And you know what? The anointing, it makes things easy. R.T. Kendall says, it, yeah, the anointing is something when, you, when it happens, it's easy. I gave, I gave Etan one the analogy of like a basketball layup. You know, like when I, when I, excuse me. When I uh, play basketball, and I, some of you guys see me play basketball, I'm not that good. I'll, I'll go like this, and I'll, I'll like, do a layup, I'll stop, and then, and then I'll look. And if it goes in, I'm like, all right. But if it doesn't go in, I'll, I'll get the ball again. But then, like, like, some people are really good at basketball, and they, what, they, they like... <laughs> and they don't even look if the ball went in, because in their mind, they already know Man, that went in. You know what I mean? They're like, they, don't, they don't have to look. I'd be like, man, come on. The, the anointing makes things easy. It makes things easy. 
The anointing makes things simple. You don't have to try. You don't have to strive when you have the anointing. Some of you guys are leading your CGs, and you, you guys are like, man, it's a burden. It's a weight. You guys feel like, oh, man, I just, as long as I can get through this meeting, it's going to be okay. I'm telling you, because you know how I know? I used to lead like that. I used to feel like, man, John Westfall was on. And back then, John Westfall, man, we used to meet for small group. And I was not in that anointing. I was like, man, it was RC. And we used to meet. And we'd be like, oh, as long as we can get through this meeting, it's cool. But we cannot lead like that. We have to lead with the anointing. You know, Elijah and, and Elisha, when they, when, you know, they're all about the anointing. And they do some silly stuff. You know, like there's a pot of poisonous stew. Put some flour in it. <laughs> the axe head sinks. Put a stick in it. Comes up. These are all jokes that E-10-1 heard. I'm sorry, guys. I'm getting somewhere. And it almost seems like they're making it up. It seems like they're making it up. Because the anointing is like that. Have you, have you read first, like first and Second Kings and some of the stuff that Elijah and Elisha does? It's like, man, they're like, it's like they're just making things up as they go. You know, like lay on, lay, lay on, the, on, on, the, on the, man, he'll come alive. Like, 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 the, the, like I love the, the flower. Like this pot is poisonous. Put some flour. Oh, it's not poisonous anymore. Nobody taught him to do that. Like, like no prophet came before. It's like, oh, if there's poisonous stew, put some flour in it. But it comes from the Spirit of God. And it shows us that when we're, look, people of God are meant to minister. We're supposed to minister from the anointing where it's like, it's not work. But it's the way that Jesus was. Jesus was, if you read the gospel, he was so in control of his spirit and his, his every word and every action. Because he was under the anointing. He is the anointed one. And that's what we have available for us. And so we start with the heart. He heals our heart. And he gets us to a place of anointing where now he's calling us to minister. He's calling us to, to steward oil that's going to that's gonna be used to bring people into the kingdom of God. That was my first two sermons. Today, I'm going to talk to you about the fire. Everybody say fire. 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 And John the Baptist, he says, John answered them all saying, I baptize you with water. But he who is mightier than I is coming. The straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. And fire. And fire of God, in simple terms, is the presence of God. Fire of God is the presence of God. You know, when God made a covenant with Abraham, he told him to split up all these animals. Like, take this, this cow, cut him in half. Take this animal, cut him in half. Take, this, take this, these birds and cut him in half. And he laid them out. Da, 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 da. And he, like, and he falls into this trance. Now, as God makes his covenant with him, he comes with a pot of flame and just passes between the animals. And it's like the presence of God sealing this promise. Like, I'm going to make this promise with you. And it's with the fire of God. And Moses, when he makes a promise with Moses, comes to him in the burning bush. It's fire. He's like, oh, God's like, I can't. He's like, don't Don't look. Moses, don't look. And take your shoes off, homie. Because the ground you're standing on is sacred. And you're not supposed to see this, Moses. You're not even supposed to experience it. But I'm going to let you experience this. This is my presence, the fire of God. It's his presence. 
We need to be a people of the fire. You know, we need to be a people of fire because we need to be a people of God's presence. This can't, it, it, was, it was never supposed to be, like, like we were never supposed to minister without the anointing. And we were never supposed to be a people without the fire of God. It's always supposed to be burning in us. Why? Because the, pur- the fire purifies. It purifies. It burns away the dross. Zechariah 13.9, it says, And I will put the third into the fire, and refine them as one refined silver, and test them as gold is tested. They will call upon my name, and I will answer them, and I will say, They are my people, and they will say, The Lord is my God. Burns away the dross. It burns away the foolishness. He refines us through the fire. The fire of God. And, and, And we need that. We need to be a people that carry the fire of God. We need the fire because there is an increase that's coming to New Philly. Not just Hongdae, not just Chilin. There's an increase that's coming. God's setting us up for increase. And as the increase comes, there's going to be a lot of people that come through these doors. Some of them are going to look nice and polished. They're going to be easy to minister. Some of them are going to come, they're going to be broken. They're going to have issues. They're going to have, have mindsets that need to be shifted. And there's counseling. And we, we, you know, we, we want to set up counseling. And we want to counsel people. Counseling is good. Every, me and Mina, a lot of what we do is counsel people. We just listen to people. Because they just want to be heard. Counseling is great. But counseling without the fire, it's, it's not effective. It really isn't. You need the anointing. You need the fire to really pinpoint what, what, what they need to, to, to shift in and what they need to start understanding. And there are some things in people's lives where man can't speak into it. I can speak to this guy for 10 hours, and I've had instances like this where I've tried to counsel people. And I'm like, man, and shift them. And I realize that, man, there's nothing I can do. I just got to pray, and I just got to ask God. For the anointing, for the fire. The only thing that can really speak to that hurt, that pain, that, that whatever, whatever the things that they're dealing with, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes, it's the fire of God. It's the presence of God. And we have to keep that culture going. And we got to maintain that culture here in New Philly. The fire purifies us. Next, the fire, it humbles us. Fire humbles us. First Kings 18, what happens? There's Elijah. And the people of, the people of the Israel, they, they come into this idolatrous worship of Baal. And people are just like worshiping this pagan idol, bowing down to Baal. And there's all these prophets. They say 450 prophets of Baal. And they're like, oh, Baal, it's all about Baal. Baal, Baal, Baal. <laughs> they're worshiping this, this false this is pagan God. And then Elijah comes. And he challenges him. He's like, man, you cut this cow. You, you, you prepare this offering. I'm going to prepare this offering. And you get four jugs of water and pour it on yours. And then see if, see, see, I think that's what I mean. See what, what Baal does. See what Baal does. I don't even think he, they put water in See what Baal does. 
And, and then the, the, the prophets of Baal, they're like, oh, Baal! And they start 450 of them. They're like, oh, Baal! They're like cutting themselves and they're like worshiping Baal. And like, ah, nothing happens. It goes on for, for hours, nothing happens. And Elijah, what does he do? He's like, get that water and, and, and I want you to pour it on the offering. And do it three times. Get more water. No, get more water. And it's just literally water just entrenches everything. It covers covers a whole entire sacrifice, water. And he's like, Lord, these are your people. Show yourself strong. Come on, God. And then God comes down with fire. Whoosh. And, just, and it says it lapped up every drop of water. And it consumed the sacrifice. And what do the people do? They're searching. They're like, you are God. You are God. You are God. They're humbled. They're bought low. They're like, you are, the, you are God. And that's what the fire of God does. It humbles us. It brings us to a place of humility. Because we understand that it's not man. It's God. And we need that fire to keep us in check. We need that fire to make sure that we know who God is. And where he, where he fits into, into our lives. He is God. And fire brings, it humbles us. Fire, it establishes us in the promises of God. We talked about it earlier with Moses. Fire is a symbol of promise. It's like, I'm going to, Moses, you're going to free these people. And I'm going to be with you every day. Abraham seals that promise with a fire. Abraham, you, you, man, multitudes, your offspring are going to be like the stars in the sky, the dust on the earth. And he seals it with fire. And what does he do with us? He makes us a promise. It says, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming. The straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. And he will baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. It's a promise. And what happens? What happens? Pentecost, bam, Holy Spirit comes. And that's, that's, a, that's the indication that when the fire comes, that's like a, God saying, like, this is my promise. This is my promise. You're, you're not, you don't have to do this alone. This is my promise. It's about me. This is my promise. This is, we're going somewhere with this. That's, that's, that's what the fire does. It, it establishes us in the promises of God. And we have to con- continue to raise up this culture the fire of God burning in us. Fire establishes and affirms us in our calling. It affirms us in a call. Peter, what happened? After Jesus died, he's like, who's going to be a fisherman again? The disciples were like, wow, well, I'm going to go and I got to do what I got to do to make my money, man. And Jesus comes back. And they're like, oh, Jesus. And all of a sudden, he goes away and gives them this promise. And then they're wait. They're up in the upper room. They're waiting. They're praying. And then the spirit of God falls with fire, wind, and fire. Bam! They feel the power of God. They feel they're under the fire of God. And what happens right after that? Peter, who was always sticking his foot in his mouth, Peter was always saying things, getting rebuked by Jesus, and doing all these. You know, like he, he's a sanguine. He would speak before you think. This is. And then what happens, man? Right after the Pentecost. He gets up and preaches a sermon that brings 
thousands of people to the kingdom of God. He had no, he has no like plans of going back and fishing again or doing whatever he used to do. No plans. He's it's firmed in his calling. Fire of God affirms you in your calling. I remember my full-time calling came at Itaewon. There were these two ministers that came, and they were ministering Itaewon, and I, I, I was driving them. And, I, and, and I, 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 just, I happened to stop by because Mina forgot her passport. And then I, I just said, okay, I got to pick these guys up, so I might as well just go early. And I sat there. That's the only one time that I've ever been to an Itaewon service on a Sunday. I've never been there besides that. And I didn't even, I missed the service. I just went at the end during ministry time. And they were like, ah, worshiping. And I was just sitting there. And then I remember, I remember uh, Pastor Christian went up and he did a full-time ministry call. He's like, man, I, I believe there's people here that has a full-time ministry call on them. I want to pray for you. And I was like, oh, God, I don't want to get up. I don't want to do this. Like, I don't know if I, I, everything in my body was telling me, no, don't, don't get up. Stay down. And I remember I was like, and then, and then God said, you, if you don't get up now, you're going to get up at some point. Just get up. And I remember I got up. And I started walking towards the altar. And I remember, you know, they're my friends, Kirk and, and Rodney. They came from both sides. They snuck up on me. And I didn't even see them coming. They just, one came from the front and one came from the back. And then they said, fire! And I, bam! My feet left the ground, literally. I, I remember my, my feet, like, floating, and I landed on the ground. And nobody caught me. And I was on the ground. I was like, oh! And at that moment, the fire of God was sealing a calling on my heart. He's like, yeah, you're going to burn for me. And you're going to preach. And I remember hearing, oh, I don't know how to preach, God. I really remember saying that. And then he said, don't worry. You just, you just have to burn. Come on. God seals us in our calling with the fire of God. If you guys want to have true, really receive your calling, understand, get into a place where you're, you're, you're stewarding the fire of God. And you're providing a place where the fire of God can easily come alive. You guys have to set that atmosphere. It's on you. It's on you. establishes us in our calling. And right now, I believe that God is calling us to remember. He's calling us to remember. There's some of you guys in here. I know there's a lot of you guys that are new. And I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, put anything on you. You guys are, you know, you guys have been not here or dying. You guys didn't experience it. It's okay, you know, because there's more coming. But there's some of you guys in here that were here from the beginning. And God is telling us, remember where you, where you come from. Remember the people that you are. Remember Friday fire. Down in the, in the baby room. The spirit of God has come with power. Remember, the, remember who you are. You have to remember because you have to remember that in order to us to receive what's coming. But we got to look back and remember. You got to remember who we are. We are a people of fire. This church is a church of fire. That is our heritage. That is what God has instilled upon us. And we cannot let that go. It doesn't matter. This is the one thing that God is saying, hold on to this. Hold on to this. Help the new people to know. Help the new people to know that you are a people of fire. 
He's telling us to remember. He's telling us to go back and remember the fire. Because you have to remember that. Because as you remember that, you're going to know what's going to come. And you know what? I look back and I'm a product of that fire, man. <laughs> I'm a product of that fire. I came in here, PC mentioned it, but I came in here, I was so broken. I was so broken. I was in so much pain. And I didn't know how to talk to people. I didn't know how to relate. I didn't know what it was to be a person. I was so broken. And then loving people came around me. And I started to follow Christ. And then as the fire of God hit me with, I remember. I was like, like, like I don't want to live the way that I lived before. This is, this is what God is. He is fire. The fire of God. We have to hold on to it at all costs. We have to steward it at all costs. And he's telling us to remember, man, you are a people of the fire. You are a people that are called to carry the fire. Remember. And look forward to what is coming. There's fresh fire that's coming. There's new fire. There's new fire we saw some of that at the leadership retreat. We saw some of it. Saw a lot of it. I've never experienced fire like that come out at my hands before. Out of my, not my hands, but I never. It was actually Mina was more, Mina, she was a rock star last night. She, she was like, ah! and people were like, ah! I'd be like praying, and they're like, oh. And she does this thing where she does this merengue dance. She goes like. <laughs> Eat that one. You know what I'm talking about. She does this merengue dance. Like, oh. And she was laying people out. She was laying people out. And God is getting, telling us. He's telling us to get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Because there's a new wave that's coming. There's a new shift that's coming. And you know what? This is a sermon that can only be preached by a son. There's a reason why I'm preaching this. Because it has to come from a son to another son. I'm just a son like you guys. I'm a son. And what God is telling us is don't look up for the fire. But look within yourself. Stop looking for past, at Pastor Christian for the fire. Because you know what? At one point, stop looking at Pastor Benjamin. Stop looking for one time a year where Pastor Benjamin is going to come and release the fire. That's great. We love Pastor Benjamin. We love Pastor Christian. Anointing flows from the top down. But there's a place where his anointing ends and yours begins. And you guys need to start stewarding the fire. And this is going out to the mature sons of the house. It is your turn to steward the fire. It is your turn to steward the fire. Stop looking at PC. You know, and one of the things is like, it's, it's, it, I really believe that God's bringing in a, a season for PC and Aaron. It's a season of rest. It's to really, you know, they're having a baby. And to really be able to, to not do less, but to kind of be in a place of peace. But that, that can only happen when mature sons rise up and take their place. You guys need to take your place in the anointing. When, when we gather like this, 
The anointing, it, it comes from the top down. But it has to also come through you and in you and out of you. And it's got to start going into people. Steward it. Steward it. The mature sons. This is, this is a message for you. And it's coming from another son. Yesterday at the Etown retreat, it was powerful. I had never seen that like that come from me. And God is telling us, it's time for the sons to rise up. The sons of this house are going to do this. And I was shocked. I was like, man, are you kidding me? He's like, the sons of this house is going to operate in this way. They're going to bring an atmosphere that's going to bring revival everywhere they go. They're going to bring fire of God. And it's, it's a message for you guys. Steward the fire. Hold fast to the fire. Don't let it go. Fight and contend. We contend for the kingdom. That's one of our core values. Contend for the kingdom. Contend for the fire. Get ready. God's telling us, get ready. Get ready. Start looking inside to yourself. The spirit that is within Start looking at the spirit that is in you and not so much at the anointed people around you. Yeah, there's anointed people around you. And they've established you in your place. It's not, no longer do you drink milk. And and this message isn't for everybody. There's some people that got, there's some growing to do. There's some people that need to have a little maturing to do. But it's just going out to the, the mature sons. The ones that God is, there's some of you, God is calling you right now. There's some of God is, has, a, has a, as I preach this, there's a finger of God upon your heart. And he's saying, there's a thing, are you going to burn? Are you ready to burn? Are you ready to steward this fire? There's a, there's a weight. There's a responsibility there. And he's saying, get ready. How, how do we get ready? How do we get ready? I want us to look at Acts. I'm going to close it with this. So Jesus, Acts 1-7, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by His own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then Jesus goes up. He's like, peace out. Do, do what I told you to do. But wait. Don't go. Wait for the Holy Spirit. And then, and so, so uh, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly they, there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. They were all get together in one place. So you got to understand the heart of these disciples. They've had this man walk with them and talk with them for years. They, they, they ate with him. You know? And you guys don't think Jesus didn't have a sense of humor, but man, they, they, they kidded around with each other, told jokes. And, and, and they, they, they've come, they started, they grew to love this man. And, and cherish this man. 
and, 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 and come to, to be in love with the man of Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden, he's gone. All of a sudden, he's gone. And, he's, and, and, and he said, wait. And as they're waiting, the heart that they're manifesting is one of love sickness. They're love sick for Christ. Can you imagine walking with this man for years and saying, man, I miss you, Jesus. I miss you. I want to see you. I want to see you. I remember you. You were here yesterday. I want to see you. I want to be with you. They had this love sick for Christ. And they're like, ah, oh, we want you. We want you. And from that place of being just so love sick and saying, oh, I need you. I, we, know, we want you. From that place of hunger and from that place of just being in so much love for Christ, the Spirit of God falls on them. Bam. With power. And what God is saying to us is we have to be lovesick for Christ. We got to get back to that place where it's Christ or nothing. We have to to go back to the gospel and realize what he did. And from that place, we have to start, our hearts need to start burning from that place. Our hearts can't burn from any other place. You guys understand that. It can't burn from a desire to do good. Your hearts won't burn from, from a desire to help people. Your heart's not going to burn from the, for the compassion of man. Your heart can only burn for the love of Christ. That needs to be sparked in us. And we got to come back to that first love. Say, Jesus, I, 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 I want to see you. I want to see you. I want to see you. It's going to start from that, that love. Where we, where we, it's Christ or nothing. And that's what's going to build the atmosphere for the fire of God. That kind of love, that kind of zeal, that kind of love sickness for Christ. And we got to get back to that. And 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 not just. Back to that, but go deeper. He's saying, man, go deeper. Because we, we have fiery sermons and we have fiery you know, worship now. I'm not, I'm not trying to knock where we're at now. You guys have to understand that. I'm not trying to knock where we are now. But God's saying, man, I want to take you to a new level in a new season. And I want, you, I want to show you what it is to really steward the fire. Into this next season of New Philly. And it's going to be powerful, man. It's going to be amazing. It's going to change this city. It's going to change this nation. You guys understand that? You know, when you look at the first church, you look at after Pentecost, they radically changed the area that they lived in. And the area that they went out, they radically changed it. They turned, they say they turned the world upside down. That's what's going to happen as we steward the fire. As we come alive in the fire of God. And I, I'm going to close right now. And I want to give out a, a challenge for all the campuses. 
And I want to, I want to, I want to ask you guys. I want to ask the mature sons of the house. Are you ready to steward the fire? Are you ready to steward the fire? Because God's calling you. God's calling you. And it's, it's not easy. There is a cost to bear. The fire, it doesn't come easy. But God's asking us, are you ready? And I want, I want to give out that challenge to you guys right now. Are you ready to steward the fire of God? You guys have your, your leadership retreat coming next week. And I believe that God's going to come with power and fire. But are you ready to take it to the next level, to a new level? Where now the fire is not coming from top down, but it's coming from within you. And you set the atmosphere. You set, you set that place. And it's from you. As you burn, everything around you burns. I want us to close our eyes. I want you guys to start stirring up the anointing in this place right now. Puzan, leaders, start praying. Start praying. Start praying. Sydney, come on, start praying. Start stirring it up. Chilling. Itaewon, start praying. Start stirring up that anointing. I told you. You guys are the ones that have the anointing. You carry the anointing. It's in you. Now start praying. Start praying. I want us to start praying. Come on. Start stirring it up. Start stirring it up.